Welcome to Design Lessons, the podcast where we design our teaching days to be fulfilling for us and irresistible to our students. I'm Dr. Michelle Schmidt-Moore, and instructional design is my superpower. Each episode, we will take actionable steps to create great teaching days. We'll focus on mindset, real-world opportunities, and critical and creative thinking for us and our students. So, whether you're on your commute to school, walking your dog, or doing the dishes, let's start designing. Hey, designers. Today, we are talking to Erica Terry about designing our best co-teaching lives. Erica is the author of the book, Hacking Co-Teaching, that will be published in 2021 as part of the Hack Learning series. Erica is also the host of the Edupreneur Success Summit. So if you're interested in starting an educational business, whether that's selling resources on Teachers Pay Teachers or creating a YouTube channel, this summit is for you. There will be presentations on social media, affiliate marketing, finances, course creation, and so much more. I've put the link to find out more information in the show notes, which you can find on your podcast player or at michelleschmidtmore.com slash podcast slash six, since this is episode six. Also today, take a moment and tell someone else about this podcast. I really appreciate that kindness. Well, hello, Erica. I'm so glad that you're here at Design Lessons today. Hi, I am so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, your experiences being a co-teacher, coaching teachers, and kind of what you're up to right now. Sounds good. So hi, everyone. I am Erica Terry. I have been in education for the past 18 years. I cannot believe I'm even saying that because time flies. But I started off as a high school biology teacher. Um, I co-taught from my very first year. uh, And honestly, it was a nightmare. Um, That's the best way I could describe it right now. It just wasn't. the best uh, co-teaching situation. I loved my co-teacher, but she was a couple of years from retirement and, you know, she was already pretty much retired. So it left a lot on my shoulders. But um, from that, I learned, I learned about the value of having strong co-teaching relationships. Thankfully, through the years, I was able to turn that situation around. um, And now, I have used what I've learned. I've used those teacher problems to now build a business where I coach and work with co-teachers to help them build those strong collaborative relationships, as well as transform their instruction so that they're really individualizing it to meet the needs of every student in that classroom, including students with disabilities. So I'm so happy to be here to kind of talk about co-teaching and how it can be so beneficial to everyone involved. Oh, that is wonderful. You know, you were talking about your, you know, your original, your first experience with co-teaching. And and I think a lot of us um, have had that experience. People often really describe, you know, co-teaching as really a kind of arranged marriage, you know, and where, you know, when it's executed well, you know, students really do see that collaborative effort that's going on in the classroom. And so, 
you know, since you've had this sort of experience, obviously in being a co-teacher yourself, in um, coaching other teachers, you know, what would you say is like the key for, you know, developing that relationships um, with co-teachers? You know, how can, um, how can we as educators really design and foster this relationship of, um, you know, with our co-teacher? You know, it is so funny um, that you called it. I get asked this question about co-teaching being an, a marriage all of the time. It seems like um, every school I go in, especially with the administrators, like they just love to throw out co-teaching should be like a marriage. And I love that you called it an arranged marriage because that's always my first response. Like, well, you know, I don't know about you, but I've been married 15 years now and I got to kind of date and get to know my husband before we actually <laughs> got married, you know? Um, right. And so we put so much on our teachers when we use that co-teaching should be like a marriage because everyone that isn't married or you know when you first think of marriage we all think of that perfect marriage where two people are in sync and you know life is beautiful but for those of us that have been married for some time we know that honeymoon phase ends and you know marriage can be a lot of work and the same is true when it comes with co-teaching like I like to think of it more as a roller coaster ride. Like for me, you know, getting on that roller coaster, especially I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, which is close to Sandusky Cedar Point, and it has some of the biggest roller coasters in the world. And so, you know, you're standing in that line, you're looking at that hill, and you're just like, oh my gosh, am I really doing this? Am I really doing this? Like, you know, you get to the front of the line, you're still like nervous when you get on. And like through the whole ride, you're screaming at times, you're laughing, you know, you're anticipating the worst, but it ends up being super fun and by the end of it you know you're happy you have created something or done something that you thought was impossible or couldn't even believe that you were doing but it all worked out and you ended up having a good time and that's what I like to think of and try to bring to the co-teaching teams that I work with like it's going to be hard at times it's not going to always be fun it's going to be scary you know you're going to when you're working with someone else and you're collaborating with them, there are going to be moments where you have to give up that control. You have to give up something, you know? And so Mm -hmm. that can be a very scary situation, especially if, I mean, even more for the general education teacher, if you've had your own classroom, you've been able to do what you wanted to do all of these years and all of a sudden you're tossed in this co-teaching relationship and you have to, you know, work it out and figure out how to make it um, collaborative so that both people can tap into their strengths. And when you bring Mm -hmm. those strengths together, you create a safe environment that allows all students to be able to achieve success. And so Mm -hmm. I try to get away from that marriage because people like to think of this perfect marriage. But in reality, for me, it's more of a roller coaster ride. (laughs) I love that, that new, that's, that's how we're going to talk about it from now on, right? So this idea of it's adventure, right? right. It's a roller coaster ride and we're, we're at the amusement park for fun. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, maybe it's like a bit of a challenge. It's something that, like you said, you, it's something that you come out the end of having, having been glad that you did it. Um, even though you might've been apprehensive at the beginning or in different parts of the journey. Right. Uh, that's really cool. Yeah. So like what questions should co-teachers be asking themselves, you know, as they're getting on the roller coaster, you know, how, what, how can they kind of, um, help and really kind of, you know, get ahead of, get ahead, maybe even just des- be designing along the way, you know, how can they strengthen their relationship? Um, I think it's so important. Like, I love the fact that you're talking about the whole design process because I think it's so important for co-teachers, number one, to have these conversations where they're saying to each other, like, okay, what do we want this to look like? What do we want our classroom to look like, to feel like? How should our daily lessons be taught? Like, how should we even design our lessons Um, What are your strengths? Like really listening and having conversations about what are your strengths? You know, what are those areas that you feel like you need to improve in? Um, A lot of times, a lot of the work that I do when I'm working with these co-teaching teams, sometimes you have, you know, they might be a brand new special education teacher or maybe they've never taught this content before. And so obviously the content component isn't their strength, but you have the Mm -hmm. general ed teacher where they're very strong in their content. And so having these conversations about, okay, what do you bring to this relationship? What do you bring to our classroom? Because everyone brings something. So even if your strength isn't the content necessarily, that could be a strength in and of itself because you're learning it with the students. And so when you think about how you're going to scaffold and how you're going to you know, create supports to really help every student achieve success, the fact that you don't know the content yourself makes it even you know, better. Like you can create that scaffolded support that you need or, you know, yeah. you're asking those same questions that students may be asking. And so you're able to anticipate what they're going to need because you don't need the content. So really taking the time and rather than looking at um, these struggles as being like weaknesses or, you know, being upset, like really try to find the value in everything and, you know, let people grow. Like my thing is Mm -hmm. always to start small. So maybe, you know, give up the, if you think about how a lesson is designed, typically you start with like some type of activator where you're, you know, reviewing and making sure that students connect their prior learning. And so that could Mm -hmm. be a part of the lesson that the special education teacher leaves. And then when you get into the new content, That's where the general ed teacher kind of jumps in. And, you know, you all are continually working together throughout that day so that both people are valued. That makes sense. I love, um, we've talked actually in a couple of episodes about this idea of, you know, starting with your strengths um, and building on your strengths, sort of having, and similarly using that with students, right? So this this idea of, not so much focusing on people's weaknesses, but really focusing on their strengths. Mm -hmm. Um, And from there, you know, I think that you, it it helps to build a positive relationship and it also helps the person who's, who it is grow. They can see their growth Mm -hmm. um, sort of over time. Mm -hmm. So 
we have this roller coaster. Um, I love this, 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 uh, metaphor. And, um, if I'm an administrator, then how do I go about, um, figuring out how to set up sort of co-teaching relationships? What should I be looking for then? Um, well, the biggest barrier that I have encountered so far always seems to be time, right? Um, Mm -hmm. we want, our teachers to co-teach effectively, but oftentimes we don't give them the time that they need in order to make co-teaching work. And so as an administrator, one of the first things I think that you should do is to really find that time in the normal school schedule to give those co-teachers an opportunity to come together on a regular basis so that they can plan together, so that they can, you know, Mm -hmm. talk about the students, look at data, um, even review past lessons to try to figure out what they can do better. But if they don't have that time embedded in the school schedule, then, you know, it's not fair. It's unfair for us to expect them to be able to do it anyways on their own time. You know what I'm saying? So, For me, time is so valuable. And if you really want co-teaching to be successful, then you have to embed time for co-planning into the normal school schedule. And sometimes you have to be creative with that. So if it means that for your co-teaching team, you can't there's no way in the school schedule to give them time to co-plan, then that morning duty that they have, like give them release time. And rather than showing up for duty, let them plan together because they need that time in order to make this relationship work. So get creative, do what you have to do, but make sure that your co-teachers have time together every single week Um, at the least once a week in order to co-plan and have time to discuss their classroom and how they're going to make it work. Yes, I know. Time is such an important, um, almost like commodity um, and, and, you know, sort of how to to best schedule that time, um, I know is always a tricky puzzle for um, administrators. But definitely, I think in terms of building the the co-teacher relationship, you know, time is uh, definitely um, something that's important. I know, you know, another way I was just thinking and brainstorming, another way would also be sort of maybe even just quarterly giving co-teacher pla- uh, pairs um, a day to plan together. You know, so if ideally, obviously they want to have planning time once a week. Um, but in addition to that, it, ideally having even once a quarter, some time for them to sort of plan long range would also be really helpful. Right. And that is so true. That quarterly like day to plan as well as get training, because that's another thing that I see in a lot of the schools that I work with. Like teachers are just expected to be able to co-teach effectively, but oftentimes Mm -hmm. they go years without ever having any type of adequate training. And so I love your idea about setting aside a day, you know, every quarter them to get together because that could be an opportunity for them to get like, you know, two in one, sometimes for training as well as sometimes set aside 
to co-plan. And so I think that's a great idea. I love it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and professional learning is just so important. Um, for me, I, I feel like that is kind of what helps us, you know, push ourselves um, forward. And I think that most of us as educators are very reflective. And I think knowing if we have professional learning that is um, tailored to, you know, the challenges that we're seeing that, you know, it's engaging and we're excited about it. And we're, you know, we're able to really, you know, dive deep into the thing that we want to learn to help our students and to help ourselves. So what is the struggle that you see most often for co-teachers? Um, and then, and how can, um, you know, they, you know, basically overcome it or address it? Right. I mean, what, I mean, we've already talked about the time issue. So that's one of the main struggles that I see. But another one is just this inability or I don't know if it's a fear. I don't really know what to call it. But oftentimes we as educators like don't want to advocate for ourselves. And so we end up getting drawn into this bubble where we kind of just stay quiet Um, You know, we don't engage, especially when it's a situation where you have a special ed teacher that's coming into, you know, a general ed teacher's classroom and they have this shared space. And if, you know, that teacher doesn't feel welcomed or doesn't feel like this is Mm -hmm. our classroom, like they almost feel like an outsider. And so advocating and having these conversations that can be very tough, they're not easy at all. Um, But Mm -hmm. being able to like overcome that fear and have these conversations, being honest about how you feel, um, I think it's so important because if you feel like an outsider, if it's not like a shared space, if you don't feel safe in that space, then mm-hmm. obviously you can't create a situation where all students feel safe. And so if I feel like I have to pull my students out every single day and take them to another classroom to get instruction, then mm-hmm. that's an issue that you have to deal with. Like, to co-teach effectively, the kids have to be in that classroom because, you know, you Mm -hmm. don't want them to miss out on that essential learning, especially if you're not a content expert. And so definitely creating... And that's the definition of inclusion, right? Right, right. (laughs) You will not, you will be surprised by how often I go into schools and the motto is, like the kids show up and five minutes later, they're pulled out to another yeah. classroom and they are mm-hmm. in that other classroom the entire time. And I'm just like, this is not co-teaching, guys. Like, this this is not yeah. what it is. So definitely, like, just advocating and having those hard, uncomfortable conversations, but doing it under the umbrella that we're trying to create a safe space for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so how can you, um, you're creating the space for everyone. So we're on the same page. Um, how can, um, co-teachers go about designing experiences, um, that, that are inclusive for all students? Um, sort of what strategies could they use? What practices could they have, um, to make that inclusive classroom? 
Right. I mean, it's understanding, number one, it's a mindset mindset shift and understanding that you can't just do things the way you've always done them. You know, like if I've been teaching for the last 10 years, what worked those strategies that worked 10 years ago probably don't work as well um, now. And even if you've been, you know, doing it one way and the majority of students learn that way. You want to be inclusive and make sure that as you design lessons, you're thinking about the different learning styles that your students bring, Um, especially when you're in an inclusion classroom. You want to embed videos. You want to, you know, embed images. You want to give students opportunity for choice, opportunities to use their voice. And so if the standard isn't a writing standard, then allow them to use Flipgrid or to make a video to give a response. Like, don't make everything. You have to read it. You have to write it. Um, Because Mm -hmm. all students can't flourish in that environment. And so I'm not saying, you know, if it's a standard where you're teaching writing, then of course they have to write. But if they're talking about how a certain book impacts their life, then allow them to choose how they're going to present that product to you. Maybe they mm-hmm. want to write their response. Maybe they want to create a video. Maybe they want to act it out. Like give them some choice and understand that students learn and express themselves in different ways. And as long as we're getting them to master those standards, it doesn't have to look the same. Every student's mastery is not going to always look the same. So just making sure you're designing with Every student in mind, I think, is so important with when co-teaching. You know, and communication is is changing over time. So this idea of having sort of multiple modes of kids expressing what they know um, really also feel, feeds into sort of modern communication. Mm-hmm. So clearly, obviously, we want teach kids to be able to to write. And exactly, if you're teaching writing, then clearly they need to learn those steps. But as you said, if it's if it, the standard is not specifically about writing. Um, there are so many different ways of expressing what you understand and it fits into today's culture. So it's not even that, oh, I'm just giving you some other way to say what you want to say. There are, well, we're here on a podcast, right? So there are podcasts, there are videos kids can do. There are storyboards. There's so many different ways of them showing you what they, what they know. Yes, that is so true. And I mean, it is amazing. Like I know my husband is not a writer. And so now he like uses his voice for everything. He speaks his text messaging, like, you know, he never really sits there and types anymore. And so um, it's just amazing the way technology is changing, you know, the scope of everything. Like even my four-year-old mm-hmm. daughter knows to say, hey, Siri, show me a picture of a panda bear. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And she's yeah. four. Yeah. Like, um, so it's, it's crazy. Well, and a, a lot of those voice, um, you know, sort of assisted typing apps, you know, that are on everyone's phone and a course embedded in Google are actually a really good scaffold too mm-hmm. for kids, um, for writing. And so, you know, it's, it's not cheating to have kids actually, um, do a voice to text, um, 
first draft, you know, and then they can go back. And actually, it's a really great way of keeping their voice in their writing. A lot of times when kids write, they lose their voice because they are writing, you know, the like the voice that makes them their style, that makes them who they are. Right. And so it's really actually a great scaffold for all students to try this um, voice to text mm-hmm. um, possibility. So I was curious, um, you know, our design touchstones for design lessons are mindset and relationships, um, which we've talked a lot about in terms for the co-teaching relationship. We talk a little bit about real world opportunities to help kids have ownership of their um, work and then also promoting sort of critical and creative thinking. And I was curious if um, what educators that you admire that embody either one or all all of these touch tones. Um, So whose uh, educators do you know whose superpowers are about building community or providing real world opportunities or who foster creative and critical thinking. So I have to give a plug out to our new group, um, (laughs) uh, Black Lives Matter to educators. And in that group right now, we are currently engaged on this book study. And I am so impressed um, by Cornelius Minor. We got this like you all. Mm -hmm. I am loving this book and I'm just now like at the end of chapter one which is all about listening and when I say he shares a story that totally blew my mind that made Mm -hmm. me have to self-reflect on my own practices of always trying to do a quick fix for students and not really thinking about you know, what they really need from me in that moment. And so I am just totally loving that book. And I just want to invite anyone that's listening to jump in. I know we've already started, but it's okay. It's never too late to join us. And so we have a free Facebook group and we are totally engaged in this book study. And I promise you, you will love it. And it's going to make you self-reflect and kind of hurt your feelings a little bit because, you know, you like to think that we always do what's in the best interest of our students. But in reading that, I had to think back to some different, you know, scenarios that I encountered And I'm just like, wow, that student probably needed me to listen more than just fix it, you know? No, I absolutely agree. I've very much been enjoying um, the book study that we're doing within that community and then also all the resources that are available in that community. And I think a lot of people are reflecting on their practice and really thinking about, you know, how am I going to change Um, my practice for? And how am I going to design the experience for my kids in the fall? Um, But yes, absolutely. Like the listening, I always think about, you know, you're listening to what someone said, but you're also thinking like, what do they really mean by asking this question? What were they really trying to tell me? Yeah. So yeah, that's a great chapter on listening. Absolutely. Are there any other books or video or podcasts that you would recommend? Yes. I mean, I love um, Teachers on Fire podcast. I love Empowering Mm -hmm. Educators. I think both of those are great. Um, Teacher Cast has a lot of great episodes that can help you with Mm -hmm. your classroom. And so I think those are great. And, you know, I do a lot of work with the whole edupreneurship um, Mm -hmm. stuff through my own podcast, Classroom the CEO. And so if you're interested in how to turn your classroom knowledge and experience into an online business, 
then definitely come, you know, listen to Classroom with CEO. But I also love the Dr. Wheel show. Um, I love mm-hmm. Side Hustle Teachers, Teacherpreneur, Raise Your Hand. So it's a whole bunch of different podcasts out there that I listen to and love. Oh, that's wonderful. Yes. And definitely if you are interested in, um, you know, turning a lot of your teacher knowledge into um, your sort of going down a teacherpreneur journey, then Erica is definitely your woman for that because she has a very strategic mind that, um, you know, definitely can help you. Um, So if listeners want to connect with you, um, where can they find you? Yes, you can find me at, so I'm on all of the social media channels, but I'll be honest, guys, I don't really post that much on Twitter yet, but you can find me there as well as Instagram and Facebook. I'm at Erica Terry CEO on all of those social media channels. And then, of course, you can always find me on my website uh, www.classroomtoceo.com. And I would love to have you join the Classroom to CEO crew. Um, we would love to have you, especially if you're looking for a way to earn additional money as an educator. Um, we That's what we're all about, how to turn your classroom knowledge into a profitable online business. So if that's what you're thinking about, then definitely come join us at Classroom the CEO. Absolutely. And I think you have another announcement about um, something that's coming out next year. Oh, yes. Well, hopefully you will bring me back on. But I am I'm currently writing a couple of books, but the one about co-teaching I'm so excited about. Uh, if you all have learned or heard of the Hacking Learning series, by Times 10 Publications, I am writing Hacking Co-Teaching that should be out and scheduled to be out next summer. So hopefully, Michelle, you will bring me back on next year so we can kind of talk about hacking co-teaching, how to hack co-teaching, and I can share some of the hacks that are going to be in that book. I'm excited about it. Oh, I'm excited too. Thank you so much, Erica, for coming on today. It's been such a great conversation. And I think we've definitely learned a lot about co-teaching and just how we can strengthen our relationship with our co-teacher. How can we can plan together? And if you're an administrator, some of the struggles um, that your co-teachers may or may not be having. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. It was wonderful to have that conversation with Erica. If you haven't already signed up for the Edupreneur Success Summit, the link to do so is in the show notes. Also, please take the time today to share the podcast with two educators you know. I greatly appreciate you inviting more educators into our community. Until next time, designers. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. We will see you on the next episode.